interesting. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we move. Don't get too short. Yep. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Do you want the same or something else? Uh, yeah, I'll get a filter. Yeah. 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 I mean, either way, you want to yeah. add that yeah. to your yeah. work yeah. as much of it as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's, he, you see, he's getting back into video editing or whatever he was. Yeah. Video. Oh, video editing. I thought you said video dating. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> he's, he's married with I mentioned his family and then I mentioned his video dating. <laughs> no, there's a fair bit of background noise here and I'm also there. Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 71, the podcast about people that play pinball, arcade, retro, and everything in between. You can tell I'm kind of forgetting the intro right now, even though I just did it just before. Um, <laughs> it is the 6th of January 2024, and my name is Mark Bell. And my name is John. And silence. Yeah. There's no um, Matt. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> you forgot again. Yeah, I'm. It's already, like he's never there. I'm already used to him not being here. <laughs> it's like he never says anything. <laughs> yeah, Matt's not here with us today. Um, he's had to be elsewhere, basically, <laughs> yep. for lack of a better um, story. But yeah, it's just you and I, mm. uh, and we are in a pub today. Yep. We're in Kelly's in Newtown. Um, we happen to be here for various reasons, which we'll go into a little bit later. But if you hear background noise, maybe some music, there is some music playing, hopefully we don't get DMCA'd. Um, that is why. And it's really interesting being at Kelly's in Newtown, mainly because uh, one of the managers here is actually the world champion at Big Buckner. Yep. which is crazy it's just one of those things that you wouldn't expect just in the inner suburbs of Sydney yep. um, but yeah in 2022 I think um, they ran the qualifications worldwide and it's it's all online you know Big Buck is all online and they run leaderboards and all of that and he qualified as an Australian rep he went over to Vegas and he won it world champion so yeah. that's pretty fucking awesome. That's awesome. Um, I don't really understand the game. I like shooting games, but I just, I've never, I have tried it. Mm. But the whole like reloading. Pumping. Yeah. You're not a pumper? Apparently. <laughs> I'm used to like, I grew up with virtual cop, so I'm used to like shooting outside the screen. Right. To reload kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm used to. And yeah. then obviously, uh, you know, time crisis adjusted to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the pumping the shotgun just because it also like it makes your your pointing go all over the place. Uh, yeah. yeah. That must be a big part of the skill is like keeping it straight while you're pumping. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big, big deal. Big, mm. big buck, big deal. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> that should be the tagline on the back of the box. <laughs> We're a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, we actually had him um, 
come over just before. He provided some uh, provided us some coasters to put on the table so that we're not banging our beer and um, sort of knocking the Zoom recording device we've got on the table. So that was very nice of him. And he pointed out that uh, on the big buck hunter that we've got at, actually behind us here, he's in the attract mode because, of course, you know, he won the championship. So in yeah. the attract mode, he's up there holding his trophy and yep. all of that. So. There's a trailer for the championship. Yep. Yep. And he's in that. Yep. And it's actually quite distracting because, so I'm sitting and I'm facing the machine, facing you. You're between me and the machine. Yep. And you're facing me. So obviously you're not facing the machine. But there's so many weird things in the attract mode in this game. <laughs> like, because it's got like zombie mode. And I, th and I think that they must just, as, as the game has gone on and had more iterations, added more and more weird stuff to it like there's you know a level with cockroaches and yeah but then there's like a bit with a centipede with a human head oh which is really weird yeah and yeah it's just so weird it's it's an odd game it's quite distracting yeah yeah and you know the the elephant in the room so to speak the, the girls in bikinis and stuff like that. Oh, Very, right. I haven't yeah, seen any girls about. in bikinis. Oh, really? Maybe. Yeah. There is a mode you can switch it to so it's sort of more tame. Okay. But the general, the normal mode is that, yeah, there's girls in bikinis shaking their bits about. Oh, um, missing out. <laughs> we should complain to management. Um, well, I get to see who's centipedes with human heads. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, to be completely honest, that's one of the reasons I, I, well, I wouldn't play Big Buck Hunter anyway because I don't like gun games. But also, I'm not a fan of the fact that it kind of has girls in bikinis whilst you're killing animals. It's a bit wrong, in my opinion. Okay. But you know, that's but my opinion. Meanwhile, it's a very popular game. What's the difference between that and like Woe Nelly, Big Old Juicy Melon? <laughs> well, that's a very good question, John. Okay. That's a very I'm good getting, question. The way you say that gives me the idea, sense that you're not going to answer that question. Right I think now. your instinct <laughs> is correct. <laughs> I think you've trapped me in a corner, and I'm just going to pretend that that corner doesn't exist okay. and, and move around the corner. No, I mean I can accept that there's. I can accept that there is potentially a difference, but it's complex. And would take a lot of thought, not only to formulate our response, but to actually articulate that response. Yeah. And that you know that's not going to happen in a few minutes. Yeah. So. No. Look, I'll I'll kind of basically address it in this way, and I'm not excusing any of my sort of um, the things that I like. Yeah. Um, but Wonelli is a game that's meant to be retro-themed. And so, right. with it being retro-themed, yeah. old pinball machines, you know, from the 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. are all about the girls with giant boobs, yeah. you know, um, sexualization and stuff yeah. like that. So it's meant to be hearkening back to those times. Right. But I don't discount the fact that Melons was released during a time, probably the worst time they could have released something like when you know the whole Me Too movement and all of that. Oh right, yeah. Um, it was very poor judgment on Stern's part 
releasing something like that and expecting it to just <clears throat> be accepted as a retro themed game. Yeah. Because it, it obviously objectifies women. Right. Um, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was trying to be that retro theme. Yeah. But again, I can't make any excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I might be going out on a limb here, but the, the stuff that's in Big Bunk, Big Buck Hunter is, yeah, more purely objectifying, whereas um, you could argue that the way that, um, which I think is essentially what you're saying, Juicy Melons has done, is in a form of art. Um, yeah, just like... In a historical context. Right, but in the same way that, um, like, I read a lot of comics with, like, female, you know, super characters or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, or, like, another example is Vampirella, um, for people who know about that. Um, it's sexualized, but it is not necessarily objectifying character, I mm. guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas this is like literally just women standing with guns or and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like they are only there for one reason and that yeah. is to look nice yeah. for the guys that are looking at them. Yeah. Well, it's um, similar to um, what they used to do, I'm assuming used to do, I don't think they do it anymore, where they have say F1 races or you know, car racing, they'd have a woman at the front, you know, holding up the right. the, the flag or whatever, yeah. and you know, they're just in a bikini whilst yeah. all the cars are behind them waiting to go. Yeah. They're just there to look pretty yeah. and then move off and then the race starts. Yeah. Um, with Big Buck Hunter, you've, you've literally got that. You've got a girl standing there in a bikini and all she's doing is standing there in a bikini and wobbling her boots yeah. whilst you know, you're killing animals and stuff like yeah. that. Um, Maybe that's why it's not showing that because for that reason they've switched it off. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 So yeah, again, I'm not excusing it. Um, and, and I think I've said in the past many times, one of my, I was going to say interest, it's not really interest, one of my, one of the things I like, or one of the, one of the things I like in media that I consume <laughs> yeah. is sexualized horror. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so B-grade horror is a classic example of sexualized horror. You know, you've always got the girl who's, you know, getting groped and stuff yeah. like that by the horrible monsters. And, um, I can't explain why I like that, but yeah. I like sexualized horror and I always have. Yeah. There's these books you can get that um, they're basically books of artistic works back in the 60s, 70s, 80s of, um, they call it, what do they call it? Exploitation horror or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, you know, the half nude, oh, Big Punk just turned off. <laughs> I don't think that was anything I did. No. Maybe because we we're talking about it, it just went, you know what, fuck you. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Literally, Buck Hunter just turned off behind us. Yeah. That's weird. Um, 
But yeah, I like that whole aesthetic. Um, reason why I'm into Elvira is because you know she's very sexualized horror yeah. sort of movies and yeah. all of that, and she's become an icon in the gay community. It, it's it's hard to describe. I think Bakana is coming back on. Um, it's hard to describe I think for it me. Was coming back on. It was just reset itself again. Right. We might be living with this popping sound for a little while. I'll just turn it off at the wall and it's going to do that. Yeah. No one can play it if it's doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, and Elvira has made a name for herself in that sort of, in that niche. Yeah. But it's done in a, in a way that women love what she does. That yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot of female um, fans of what she does. That doesn't look healthy. No, it's come up with an, uh, an Ubuntu boot up screen. Well, there you go. Big Bunter, Buck Hunter runs on Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Linux. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. At least it doesn't run on Windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walked past the Coles the other day that had a sign out the front which had like the Windows boot recovery. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I interrupted your. No, 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 that's all good. I, yeah, it's doing something. I think we've somewhat half described some of the things and not articulated them well, which is classic for this podcast. <laughs> so I think we can move on. <laughs> yeah, it's probably um, it's a, it's a it's a topic fraught with risk. Yeah, um, but uh, there's a fine line. Yeah, very. What's very acceptable fine. and what's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, again, to be completely honest, Wonelli is not acceptable because that's proven to be the case. Women don't like Wonelli. Um, it was a big flop for Stern because yeah. um, it got a huge backlash. Fiona, my wife, hates Wonelli. Um, yeah, right. But to me, again, I fall back on the position of it's a retro-themed game. It was a failed attempt at trying to, you know, reproduce the retro theme. Yeah, um, but I love the game simply because it's artistically beautiful. It's the callouts are hilarious. The music's yeah. great. Yeah, um, it's just a fun game. Yeah. So anyway, we'll move on from that. Okay. Hard topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm in the city today because 1989 is closing. I think we talked about that. Uh, or was that in the prior? Right, that might have been in the yeah. prior recording that we lost because yeah. our card filled up. Yeah. <laughs> but we've we've formatted the card. We've got space now. We're all good. Um, yeah. So I'm in the city today to go to 1989 because 1989 is closing. Yep. It's the last day of 1989. Um, ben Campbell, the owner. We know him quite well. He's been trying to sell the bar for a couple of years. There's been a couple of false sells, for lack of a better term, where um, he thought he'd sold it. We even went to a, a farewell of 1989, goodbye, yep. this is the end. Yeah. Um, but the buyer pulled out at the last second, yep. which was very, I can only imagine, very traumatic for them. Um, yeah. yeah. But now we've gotten to the point where, yes, Ben has announced 1989 is closing. It will be reopening in February, as I understand, under a different name, potentially as another arcade bar, but I'm not entirely sure of the details. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm here 
for, I'm, I'm going to spend probably a couple of hours in 1989, have a beer, just a toast to, you know, an end of an era, basically. Yeah. It's um, definitely a last chance to play some games that I think you won't see on site. Yeah. Um, and now I really regret not giving them more time, but what can we do? It is what it is. It is um, what it is, yeah. I think it's important to point out, though, also that and, and I'm, I don't know the full details, but I don't believe it's not closing because the business is not doing well. I mean, no. that's the first thing people think is, especially a hospitality business at this time, like they're not making money. I don't believe that's the case. No, I, I think, can confidently say that's not yeah, the case. I think yeah. that the, the reason is just that Ben wants to really go back to filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and I think he tried to do that and balance the two, and I think it was just not really possible. Yeah. And the reality is that nobody's going to care about your business as much as you do. Yeah. It's very difficult to find people that, um, you know, are going to put in the same level of effort. I mean, it's it's just it's just not possible because mm. at the end of the day, they're not. You know, they're not getting the same thing out of it. It's not their yeah. business, you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think, you know, it's difficult in that regard. And I think he's made the decision to focus on himself and his family. And that is completely understandable. I think, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Um, people don't realise when you're doing things like this, how much of your time it's taking up. And when you have a young family, like his daughter, I think it's the same age as my youngest, roughly, uh, my oldest, sorry, who's mm. five. So I think his daughter's like four or five. Mm. Mm. Um, and you can't get that time back, you know? No, that's right. And, yeah. and all the time he's spending for 1989, which I'm sure is important to him, but at the end of the day, it's so thankless. Mm. Like you don't really get anything back yep. for that. No. Um, and he's losing time with his family and with his daughter. Like yep. the most important thing, um, you know, I can say, yeah, having a daughter of a similar age, that you know, it's it's just so important. And mm. you know, you want you want your kids to grow up with those good memories of you being around not not thinking our oh, dad was always busy because yeah he was doing the bar you know which yep. um <clears throat> might be sold by the time they're adults anyway you know it's like yeah. Yeah. um yeah it's 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 a hard sacrifice to make so i think yeah um and the conversations i've had with him he, he says he's he's always got the his two passions um in life which is film and the other one is games and you know the bar arcade was the gaming side of his passion he was really passionate about that that um he does want to go back to concentrating on the film side of things because he hasn't had time to to do that as of running 1989 yep um and again like you said the family side of things you're not going to have time for family if you're doing if you're trying to do film stuff you're trying to run a an arcade bar, like a business, yep. it's not just an arcade bar, it's a business. Yep. Um, and also he's got a job as well, so yep. you're just not going to have time for all of those things. Yeah. So it makes you can't quite a sense to me that one of those has to give eventually. Yeah. 
Um, and again, like you said, it's not like it's not doing well. And it's not like he wasn't putting in the effort and all that kind of stuff. It's just that it's time for him to, to move on. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I was going to say something ago, I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think there's also a part of it, and I am... I am speculating because I don't know what Ben really thinks, but I, I think that I can fairly confidently say that the dream is nice, but it doesn't necessarily work out in reality. Hmm. So, and I think that we've learned that also partly from working with Roger running games at the UK. Yeah. Um, because I think that like Roger's very experienced operating machines mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, he wants machines in his bar that are bringing in an income, mm. and that has to happen for the business. Um, yeah. And the sad reality is that the majority of people, we we are the minority. Mm. You know, people don't want to play necessarily games from the seventies and eighties, yeah. and even nineties, um, because. Games from that era are different, mm. and what I would even say, to, just to quickly yeah. interject, I would even say that on that tangent, um, you know, games that we think are really exciting because they're rare, mm. they're rare for a reason because no one gave a shit about them. <laughs> <laughs> so we can think we put in a rare game into say PK, yeah, um, and it's really exciting because we think, yeah. No one's ever seen this before. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, it's it's so rare, but no one plays them. Yeah, and then therefore it doesn't give any money back to the business. Yeah, and so it's completely useless. Yeah, while to us as enthusiasts, and and again we can we can put ourselves into the mindset of other enthusiasts walking into the bar and seeing this and going, yeah. oh my fucking god, yeah. you've got X. Yeah, and then realizing no one actually wants to play X because yeah. no one gave a shit about it back in the day yeah. either. Yeah. Um, Outrun was a perfect example of that. Where Outrun, you know, it was even voted on one of the, I think it was Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, it was voted as the best arcade game of all time, Outrun. Really? Yeah. And it's it's held in high regard, you know, it's classic, it's See, all of that kind of stuff. But even that I, is representative of that. Of that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had an outrun, I put it in BK, no one fucking played it. Yeah. We, we even had one example where um, some guy walked in, Roger told me this story. Yeah. Some guy walked in, he saw outrun and said, fucking hell, you've got an outrun, that's amazing. Yeah. And then walked off and played something else. <laughs> and it's just that realization. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, I interjected. So yeah, no, that's okay. But I mean, that, I think that's a really good like explanation of. I think that's just one of the elements of what can happen, um, and it, and it's an interesting example too because I think there's another side of it which is the intuitiveness of the game, um, and I think that that is why games like Time Crisis and Daytona tend to do well, yeah. because so those games still bring in heaps of money even though they're you know from the nineties, yeah, and. I think it's because they're so intuitive. And I remember I always tell this story of a 
person I worked with, a lady who um, had like hip problems and I had my time crisis at work and she didn't play any of the other games but she loved playing time crisis and huh. so she would pull a chair up to it and sit down and like oh wow play time crisis and she wasn't someone who played games but it was it's just everyone knows how to point a gun and shoot yeah. you know yeah. and everyone knows how to drive a car and that's why I think Outrun's an interesting example though too because it fits into that uh, theoretically I guess it fits into that intuitive mm. controls you know, and it was interesting to see how it would go, but yeah, um, I think the difference with Outrun is that it's a stand-up machine. Well, there is sit-down yeah. versions, but this one was a stand-up, so that's not exactly intuitive. And then secondly, it's not multiplayer; it's a single single-player right. game. Whereas everyone yeah. loves uh, Daytona because they sit down and, and race each other. Yeah, yeah. And if you think of um, Time Crisis as well, it was really Time Crisis Two. I mean, Time Crisis 2 is the one. Yeah. You know, there's three, four, five, but Time Crisis 2 seems to make the most money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the first one that was multiplayer. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I think that there's an intuitive element. And then going back to that idea, if you think about every single game in Time Zone, they are designed that way. Mm. Like every single game in time zone, you can walk up to it and go. You mean oh, modern day time play. zone? Modern day time zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like you know straight away. Yeah. Uh, so in comparison, the other uh, point that I wanted to make was something that happens in a similar way to like how Outrun is like maybe rare or popular back in the day, mm. uh, or I don't know, it was popular, but. People know Outrun. Yeah. The most, the biggest games from like the seventies, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. People ask particularly for Pac-Man. I think that's the first game I would get asked for. If I tell people I've got an arcade, do you have Pac-Man? Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and it's like, well, I didn't at the time, but we also tried Pac-Man. Mm. And that didn't do well. Mm. And I think that it's because in modern day, even though the controls are very simple, mm. people don't know how to play the game. Like, yeah. maybe the controls are simple, but they don't really understand what they have to do. Yeah. Or, like, they understand in a basic sense. But there's a, another, a deeper level of, like, fun once you really know how to play properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that maybe people back in the day... I don't know what the difference is, but mm. um, I mean that's all they had. Probably can't compare it to them, but yeah, um, it's interesting though because I think one thing I learned about operating games within VK um, was that there's nuances to the expectations. So there's, there might be an expectation around revenue so that the games that you put in there are making money mm. or, and this will depend on who you're working with, um, it connects with a certain audience. Mm. So Pac-Man didn't do well. However, when I put Miss Pac-Man in there, um, we found a lot of 
sort of female gamers were going to miss Pac-Man. Mm. And I know that's a very generalisation, but I, I do feel that's a generalisation for a reason, and that's because for whatever reason, um, that game does connect more broadly with a more diverse audience. Yeah. Um, and so I put Miss Pac-Man in there. It did okay. It didn't do great, but it, it, but it made a little bit. Um, but Roger never asked for that game to be taken out. He, in well, fact, said it, well, it needs to okay. needs to be there because. Are you guys it, using the table? No. Because um, yeah, it was just bringing in that different audience. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's that's what that's what he liked about it. So it was important to have that there to be able to have that diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so going back, circling back around to the original um, point was that I think for Ben Campbell in 1989, he's got the all these games from that kind of like late 80s, 1989, kind of around then. Yep. Early 90s, late 80s. Um, but as a collector, you know, that specifically around that era. Yep. And that's cool. Um, and they're cool to be around, but people, and especially like the punters, I call them the punters, like the regular people that come off the street yep. are not necessarily going to play them. Yeah. And yeah. I think even taking it one step further, and I think 89 had this problem, I mean, whether you consider it a problem or not, I did as someone that wants to play the games. People don't go there to play games. Yeah. People go there to be there because it's cool. Yeah. And it was cool, like, because also they did a really great job um, making it, like, giving it a really cool vibe and, yeah, and a cool theme. space to just hang yeah. out drink yeah. chat and, yeah. and Ben's interested in film being a part of that with you know the cassettes yeah the VHS the cassettes yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and all the other movie stuff that he had yeah um, I think that's a really interesting thing to bring up yeah. in terms of the different perspectives that Roger running Arcade had compared with Ben at 1989 because he was he was setting up a space again like you said it's an environment to hang out and enjoy the era you know be surrounded by games and you know all that kind of stuff yeah. and secondary I, I believe um, maybe not explicitly but secondary was the games themselves yeah. it was cool to hang out there because the games were there but the games weren't there to bring in money yeah. whereas yeah. in Beercade and we know this because of our involvement with Beercade yeah. there was a there was an explicit um, expectation expectation yeah. that the games would bring in money yeah um, so yeah I think that's a really interesting uh, what's the right word? Difference, I Dif guess. Or <laughs> difference is a good, yeah, yeah. difference. Um, and I mean, both work. Yeah. Both I mean, work. They're, they're both arcade bars, but it's not necessarily fair to compare them or consider them in competition with each other because they're so different. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that's where it comes in, sort of. I've heard, I haven't experienced this personally, but I've heard from other people 
that when they go up to the bar at 1989 and say, hey, X game is not working, the bar person said to them, oh, this is a bar first, not an arcade. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So there was not really a sort of a drive to make sure all the games were working. It was more about just having them there as a, as a thing to experience. Whereas the arcade was the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, again, you and I had this experience where if a game went down, it had to be fixed yeah. immediately. Yeah. And there was an expectation set upon us that if a game was down for 24 hours, it had to be out. Right. It was gone and replaced with something else. Now, that never really happened practically because yeah. practically that's kind of impossible. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like that expectation was there necessarily. Maybe it was... Maybe Roger wanted that, but... Again, like it's not—it's not practical. Not something that's really possible. No. Um, so, and I know that, like, I had a game down there, I think a week or something. Mm. Um, and he was okay, but we did have to have a discussion about it. Yeah. Um, yeah but I think as long as like your expectations, like as long as expectations are clear and on the same page, yeah, it's okay. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, definitely there is, there's definitely an urgency to getting, to having the games operating on the floor. And I, yeah. I mean, I remember speaking to Jimmy about this too at, at Netherworld, and I don't know if they're still really strict about it or not, because I feel like I've seen games down at Netherworld. I could be yeah. wrong. No, I have experienced games yeah. down at But he told me that if a game was down, it had to go. Yeah. Um, like, because they have... They have a number of operators, and the rule was like if it was down, it had to go. Yeah. Um, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I, I can back up that that Jimmy has said that to me as well. That if something's down in the world, that it has to go immediately. Yeah. Um, but I think again, in real world practical terms, right. it doesn't really work like that. Right. I think in some circumstances it can happen where yeah. someone can turn up and just pull a game out and put another one in. Yeah. But realistically, if you're talking about um, arcade machines or pinball machines, yeah. it's not easy yeah. to pull something out right. and put something back in. Well, my understanding was as part of the way that they would achieve that is by having a back room mm. and by bringing, taking the game to the back room. Mm. And I mean, if it's a big game, that's difficult. But if it's just a stand-up arcade, it's yeah, yeah, pretty um, easy. And I think if I ever ran an arcade bar, it's difficult because you're giving up real estate, which is really could be tables, yeah, which is right. important for yeah. a hospitality business. Yep. But I guess I think the the rationale behind it is not just about bringing income in because having. A working, a, a, having a down game on the floor is worse than having no game on the floor. Yeah. So you want to appear to be on top of these things as yeah. part of providing the service. Yeah. And you don't want someone to see a game that they can't play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's better for it not to be there. And if it's in like a back room or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's better than being on the floor with a sign on it that says. The classic sign that you see now, because when you Google like, uh, yeah. you know, 
I think that was made famous by John's Arcade or something oh, really? on the YouTube channel where it says, what does it say? It's like an arcade machine with a thermometer in its mouth. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Or it's just, yeah. It's like I'm a sick old vaccine or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because, um, but you know, at the same time, if you have bar staff or any staff that are working in a thing and they're busy, you're going to say to them, if the game goes down, take it off the floor. They're going to be like, I'm just going to print out a sign and put it on there. Yeah. Because they don't give a shit. No. You know. And also back. they don't have time. They've got a, yeah. you know, 10 deep line of people waiting yeah, for a right. cocktail They've got something. their own priority, maybe, is a better way of saying that. Yeah. Um, Unless you've got the luxury of hiring more staff than you need serving drinks yeah. so that if something does happen something can be pulled out yeah um yeah it's it's which is it's never really going to be no. the case no it's not even if you might happen to have the money to do that you probably wouldn't do it anyway just for making sure you've got those efficiencies in the bar and you're maximizing your return on yeah. investment so well, then it becomes a question too of how do you spend that money because there's always things to pay for in a business and there's always yeah. ways you could improve it yeah you know do i buy another tap for my bar another fridge yeah. or another yeah. table or like yeah. do i change upgrade the sign out the front or yeah. do i get a security guard or whatever exactly right. you know yeah. Um, yeah. there's so many things where yeah. there many places that money could go yeah and so many things that people don't even think about so i don't think roger will mind me telling this story but um there was one time last year, it was probably maybe October or something like that, the toilet just packed it in, basically. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it started leaking and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't own that real estate, thankfully. He okay. just leases it, obviously. I mean, yeah. most places lease things. Um, but he had to get that repaired, and I think the repair bill for that was like $80,000 or something. What? Yeah, because the pipes going down underneath the, the building and out under the, under the street and all this kind of stuff, they'd all basically collapse because they're over 100 years old, oh like old ceramic, whatever yeah. it was. So they had to pull all of that up and, you know, do all of that. Wow. It's like 80K Holy down. Um, but if you own, like, a building like that in Redfern... Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a lot of money, but yes. they're probably just like, well, it has to be done. So yeah, yeah. And the other thing is um, something that Roger did have to pay for is things like air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So again, people don't think about this; they just turn up to a that nice first year in the UK. We really sweated it out. Yeah, really, really <laughs> fucking hot. You're inside a machine and you're just dripping down sweat. <laughs> Which but is hazardous if you're inside a machine. Yeah, yeah. But now he's got air conditioning there. But each one of those air conditioners he's got on the various places within that building is 20, 30 k. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's um yeah it's it's big money. It still gets quite hot on the bottom level. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um like I I've been in there when it's been unbearable and that was before even summer. Um, you're just sweating and it's like, nah, this is gross. Yeah. Like you know when it's busy on a Saturday night. Yeah. And there's all these obnoxious people around you <laughs> where suddenly like everyone's super young and. Apparently I'm yeah. old now. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it's like, I thought this would be fun, but it's actually not. 
Yeah. Well, being old, you know, <laughs> happens to the best of us. <laughs> but I find myself getting really grumpy at people that are yelling, you know. That's like, being old. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's like beer cave is my lawn and I want them to get off it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to have a relaxing game over here in a beer. Mm-hmm. And you're like screaming because you're coming third in Daytona. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, I know that like there's some level of um, what's the word? Um, hypo- 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 hypocrisy because uh, when we play third strike when all the guys are there, when something really exciting happens, I know we're oh, all yelling yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um, even the the pinball tournaments, you know, when, oh, yeah. when they're doing flip frenzy or something like that, and there's thirty people that turn up, that just takes over the bar. Yeah. So anyone trying to come in, trying to play anything, no, just walk out. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So yeah, there's, there's a level of hypocrisy there. There's been times when, actually, I remember one time, it wasn't a flip frenzy or anything. It was we were there, and it was quite early. I think it was like. It's like 5.30 or something, and it wasn't busy, and, um, or it might have been on a Saturday, anyway, it doesn't matter, but it wasn't, it was early, it wasn't busy, and I was doing something, um, and just around the, the bar, and this huge group of people came in, and they were obviously, they were wearing like golf caps and stuff, they were obviously oh, doing yeah, a, a bar tour. crawl, yeah. it was like a, you know, uh, a golf thing, like a, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, like each bar was a whole kind of thing. Yeah, I think, and I think they they all went to the bar. They all had like a shot and one drink, I think. And um, so they're all lined up at the bar, and then this poor guy comes in right after them, and he just wants to get a drink, like a beer, <laughs> get or a beer, or, yeah. And um, watching him, he's at the back of the line, he's waiting. Yeah. And of course, Roger's like going around like mad, like, yeah. you know, trying to get the drinks for these people. And um, I was just like, oh man, I feel so bad for this guy. And I said to him, let me see if I can get you skip the queue. You know? yeah. And I went around the back and I said to Roger, there's one guy that just wants a beer. And Roger's like, oh, okay, cool. And he got it for him. That's cool. And um, yeah. the guy was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Roger's, Roger's pretty cluey like that. Yeah. He's done that before as well, where, you know, if people are lined up for cocktails or something like that, it's going to take a while to prepare. If he notices someone, for instance, myself, who just wants a beer and standing there going, oh my God, I'm going to have to wait 10 minutes for these fucking cocktails to be made <laughs> you'll actually pour a beer in between and just right. serve you so that's that's really important um, and, that, and that shows someone who's understanding of the audience well he's very experienced in hospitality so yeah it almost feels like I mean I don't really know his history but I see him behind the bar and he's just like oh, I'm too old for this shit you know like, <laughs> he's been doing it too long he should have someone working at the bar and obviously can't do that yeah. until the business grows a bit more but um, there's so many other things he can do I can just see it feels like he's been demoted or something you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah your story of those people uh, piling in reminds me of there was one time I was I can't remember what I can't remember what the problem was but it was something to do with Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 and I was 
you know, I had the cab open, I had the uh, multimeter and, you know, I'm checking things and shit's everywhere. But as I was doing that, there was actually a children's party at yeah. the arcade. <laughs> so this, this was the first time I'd experienced something like this where... It wasn't just kids running around like mad. <laughs> and, and Roger actually warned me, you know, there's a children's party. They, they've all had cake and stuff like that. So the kids are just fucking mental. But there was literal, like, little kids, maybe five, six years old, rolling on the floor. Like, just doing rolls on the floor, carpet, as, as, you know, I'm trying to stick my head into a machine and... and read an electrical voltage and stuff like that and it's just it was just madness it was crazy never experienced anything when, like when that you're before five, rolling on the floor to be just as exciting oh, yeah. as, as playing on yeah <laughs> as performing a fatality yeah. yeah it was just so funny my um almost three-year-old daughter uh discovered my switch for the first time a week ago and she can't really she doesn't have the coordination to really move the character around on the screen mm-hmm. but she just wanted to hold it and look at the screen and she would touch the screen because she's used to like yeah, yeah yeah but she would move the sticks a little bit but she just wanted to hold it yeah and look at it yeah yeah <laughs> and i was like <laughs> okay i mean if that keeps you occupied yeah yeah then that's great yeah yeah um so you know and i went off and like fucking vacuum the floor or something. <laughs> um, you know, because that's what you have to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is funny, like, what can amuse them, mm. you know, at that age. And it, it is really cool just seeing people of that age and up. And, you know, you know, we're old, so we can consider people around, you know, what, 18 to... 29 or whatever as young people yeah the the most rewarding aspect of operating games for me has been watching people at that age come into somewhere like BK and just have a really really good time you know seeing the smiles on their faces and stuff like that playing monkey ball playing street fighter you know playing those games that I loved back when I was that age um, and seeing people of that age still now enjoying that stuff yeah. that, that has been the most rewarding aspect to that yeah I definitely really enjoy that um, and yeah seeing people in, enjoy the games or, and or teaching them about some of the depth that games have that they might not be aware of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it can be hard because you don't really know where they're at in terms of their understanding of how to play the game yeah um <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. There was one. Um, I say girl. She's she was not a girl. She's a woman, probably early twenties, something like that. She actually worked next door at Crowbar, so she was a bartender at Crowbar. Yeah. Um, this Asian woman, and uh, Roger would tell me she'd come in constantly, just trying to play monkey ball to get the score to get the pin. Uh, monkey ball. Yep. And she was playing constantly, constantly trying to get there, and then finally she did it. Um, and you know, there's a photo of her holding up the pin next to Monkey Ball, just huge smile on her face like she finally did it. And I just thought that was the best thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. It's, awesome. just, it's just cool to see people enjoy these games yeah. and put it up there. The pin thing is, is really cool in that way. Um, I think another one that was similar to that was um, Pat 
Oshawa going mm. for the third strike pin oh, yeah. one night when he was there and I was trying to give him tips and like he's not a big fighting game player but he he could he could do moves and stuff mm. and um, he was using Chun Li and he was trying to use the super because if you finish on a super you get extra points um, things like that and he had kind of over the night he kept trying kind of giving up and he's like I think it was like 11 and Roger was like you know we're packing up or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like one more try and he literally got it on the last (laughs) go and everyone was watching because we were getting ready to leave and it was just like yeah everyone got excited (laughs) yeah Matt Tolhurst was another person who um, he hates fighting games you'll never play them yeah I managed to convince him to do it because I kept telling him you don't really need to know the intricacies of third strike yeah you just need to know the basics like you know, jump in, jump kick, sweep. Yeah. Jump kick, sweep. Just try and do sweeps. You know, yeah. you'll get pretty far just doing that yeah. very basic sweep stuff. Is, is quite effective. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a very nuanced and complicated game, but you don't need to treat it that way. Yeah, when you're playing against AI, like yeah. it's, it's AI. very simple. You're not playing against people. So. Yeah, and it's a very, it's an easy game compared to uh, a turbo, yeah. super turbo. Yeah. You know, it's basically going it's back to easier. Street Fighter 2, the original. Yeah. It's that level of difficulty. I mean, the boss, the final boss isn't easier, but you oh, don't yeah. need to get to the boss to I've never beaten the final boss, fuck that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I convinced him to play it, and on the second or third attempt, he actually got the score. And that's, again, just telling wow, him... Wow, that's just, really quick for Just sweep, you know, jump kick. Yeah, he hates him, but he's not actually that bad at it. I mean, he he's well, much better he at that. fighting? Now we need him here. No, but he wouldn't... <laughs> I think I'm sure I've asked him, but he wouldn't explain it. But um, what's wrong with it? I don't, want to play it? I don't understand. He likes IK. What's the difference? Yeah, I don't know. I International don't know. karate, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's it's a fighting game. Like, yeah. You know. I need to go take a whiz. Okay. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm back. Mark Williams came into a bad bummer. So he might join us. think so yeah yeah so um I yeah I was more involved than what I am now basically my goal with Beercade was to help Roger get it up and running help him um, basically my goal was to make sure it was a success 
and I feel like I've achieved that because from what Roger has told me it's doing well now you know it was a bit dicey for a while but it's doing well now Um, and I've pretty much pulled back almost all of my involvement Um, so the money that I lent him and you know it wasn't a significant amount of money it was not a lot of money but I lent him some money he's paid that back Um, all of my machines I've had in there I no longer have in there. Monkey Ball was the only thing left in there at the moment that I own. But I'm not taking revenue from it. I basically see it as a, I'm letting him run it, whatever, and I'll pull it out at some stage. But um, yeah, so I don't really have any involvement with BKD anymore. I know you've still got a couple of machines in there. I just wonder, sort of reflection wise, what do you feel now after this two years of operating games? Have you learnt anything? Have you? Yeah, how do you feel about the whole thing? Um, yeah, um, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I think operating games is, is great from a perspective of that. It's passive income. Mm. Which, I mean... Well, kind of. You have to work. <laughs> yes. It just depends, though, on a lot of things. Like, yeah. you do. But I haven't had to do anything to my games for the last, probably, six months. Yeah, well. I've just been running. Having said well, that, I've really had good. two games in there. Yeah. Oh, I have had to swap some buttons on Street Fighter. Right. So that is something that... Happen. And I should probably, maybe I should just refresh the whole thing, like put new joysticks and stuff. But hmm. yeah, I was actually, I am surprised at the buttons dying, but hmm. I suppose they get smashed. Oh, yeah. It seems to be like the first two, or yeah. in arcade terms, like there's six buttons and, the, and there's along the top one, number one, two, three, and yeah. then along the bottom. From left to right, four, five, six. Yeah, it's like number one and four that seem to oh, that's die. Um, and I've in the past stole buttons from your games, yeah. um, like specifically because you had like a game with six buttons that was only a three-button game. Yeah, so there's two buttons. The four, five, and six weren't even being used. Yeah, um, and so I put buttons in it just to get it going. Yeah. Like, mainly because at the time when I noticed it, it was because we were doing the competition. Yeah. And I want to run, I want to change the button so that it's working properly. Yeah. Uh, and in Third Strike, it's really important because if you press a button and it doesn't react, it's like, that's a problem. Annoying. <laughs> um, so, I should probably just change them all over because they're really cheap. They're like, the, even the Samwar buttons, like the good ones, they're like four bucks each. They're not yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, so that's really the only thing I've had to do. Hmm. Every Apart from that, uh, actually, you know what? That's not true, I realise now thinking about it. So on, I've only got two games. Street Fighter Third Strike, which is in a candy cab, mm-hmm. and um, Point Blank 2. Hmm. Um, and Point Blank, the guns do need maintenance. Like, yeah. they... Uh, I think because yeah, recalibration or actual not calibration um, the plastic I think because of the um, 
the physical, like, for people that don't know, the guns have, like a real gun, the top, you know, if you imagine, I don't know what kind of gun it is, <laughs> like, a, the top part slides backwards and forwards as you yeah. fire, um, like a real gun. Um, like a, it's a pistol, but yeah, mm, mm. And it's inside. It's got a solenoid on it. Yeah, it's a right? really yeah. cool effect because it yeah. fe- makes it feel quite real, and it makes yeah. like a really nice noise that feels. Yeah, nice. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so um, popular. Yeah, because it's it's got a kinetic impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's definitely I know as a player like a massive letdown if they don't have that. Mm. Um, and so, and also. You know, flip side is they're quite expensive. Like mm. the whole gun assembly is like eight hundred dollars. Jesus. Yeah, it's really expensive and also very annoying to import because it's a gun. Yeah. Um, and in the you know even though it's bright pink when it comes into the country they don't like that. Yeah. Um, so it can be also really difficult to to get them. Um, so the plastic parts of that. So there's a solenoid inside, which is attached to like a metal um, um, like frame, which will move the, the top part backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just breaks, mm-hmm. um, you know, after a while. But also I think something else that happens is, I think people get annoyed and they like slam the gun down onto <laughs> the machine. And there's like a metal frame yeah. where the start button yeah. And I think they just will slam like the, the nose of the gun into that. Or well, maybe they're drunk and they miss the whole stop. They just they smash it down. And... It's possible. I mean, that's possible. But the front of the gun seems to take some, some beating. Um, because, yeah, the last time it was... Like, I just get messages, usually from Adrian, who's um, the security guard at... He never likes being called the security guard. By oh, the way. really? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I you're, mean, you're, whenever I say, "Oh, you know, you're the security guard," you could kick me out. He says, "No, I'm not the security guard," because he does other things. He right. repairs games and stuff like that. But let's be honest, he's the security guard. Right. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, what do you call him? What is his role? Uh, helping hand. The office manager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he does. Well, I mean, it's true. He does a lot of yeah, things, he does like a lot of stuff. Um, and I was going to say that um, <laughs> because yeah, like he'll always. Obviously, Roger will say, "Oh, send John a message to like tell him the gun's broken." You know? Yeah, and and so I'll get I a mean, message from him. Yeah, I mean, Adrian. When I saw when I got rid of all, Mark Williams Hello. is just about to join us on the podcast. He's now. <laughs> if you're listening, good evening. Have a seat. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, at one point, at the peak, I had about 11 games at Beercade. Yeah. Um, now that I've transferred all of those over to Roger, basically Adrian is the arcade repair guy okay. for those machines. So he'll he'll fix buttons, he'll yeah, okay. fix whatever. So, yeah. He's not just the security guy. He'll push down hard on chips that, yeah. that, that, that might not be sitting in their sockets properly. Yeah, yeah. And he'll also um, <laughs> clamp... Uh, cables to buttons that are, you know, falling off and stuff like oh, that. That's clever. Yeah. I never thought of doing that. Yeah, I know. Like with a zip tie or something. Oh no, with his hair. Ah. Uh, because you know he's security, so he's strong. <laughs> <laughs> probably a mason as well. Yeah. That's yeah, special grip. 
<laughs> Honestly, the best. The crimper. <laughs> but his best function, without a doubt. I mean, I remember one time when I forget what I was playing. I was playing something, and it was when the machine was right next to the door, and this lady came in and she was just like, "Excuse me, do you have any change?" And I was like, "I think that guy does," and I pointed at Adrian, <laughs> and she just she went up to him and he's like, "Get out." <laughs> That's what he's getting for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but don't call him security. He's not security. All right. Yes, yeah, so I've been Good pulled up on that a few times. Yep. I'm not quite sure. What, what exactly is he, though? I've never quite Well, that's what got we're just title. talking about. He's kind of yeah. the, the helping hand. Mm -hmm. But really, he's security. I mean, very <laughs> strong helping hand. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have someone there to... I mean, when you're in red phone, you've got to have someone there to... Oh, yeah. To keep Move the order. Move people along. Yeah. Yeah. He does a great job at that. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think though, um, considering the reputation Redfern has with some people, it's it's really not that. Oh yeah, no. I should it's say it's not yeah. like that anymore. Yeah. Well, anymore. It probably hasn't been like that for 20, 30 years. Hmm. I, I was at, like, as someone who didn't really spend any time in Redfern before BK was there, I was apprehensive. But then, having spent time there, I was like. Yeah. Not that big, no. you know, deal, like it's... Yeah. I mean, maybe a bit further up Redfern Road. I suppose yeah, it would be a little bit over the crest of the hill, I'd get a little bit more concerned, but uh, mm. but, but down where the UK is, it's really no issue. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd sort of liken it to Netherworld. Netherworld's in the in the area of the valley. That, yeah. You know, there's, there's a, let's be honest, there's a lot of homeless people, there's a lot of junkies and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the area that Netherworld's in is much more precarious than right. Redfern. Yeah. Um, well, we, we do have to remember BK is directly across the road from police stations. Well, oh, that helps as well, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Mark Williams has just walked in and joined us, and I think that's because you were over there fixing the buck hunter that died as we were talking on the podcast. Did you get like well, the buck hunter bat signal or something? Uh, well, <laughs> buck well hunter the, needs the, my the buck hunter bat signal comes from the guy behind the bar downstairs who was last year's world champion, Will Bromley. Ah uh, yes, we uh, talked about that. Yep. Yeah. Who still comes up on videos on the buck hunter. Oh yeah. yeah. Holding oh. the trophy over his head. Yeah. Yep. So, I, okay, I'm I, saw, I saw this in action because I noticed the you know, it said second player gun not connected or something. Hmm. And he took a photo of that. That's why I came, oh, it's the yeah. second gun not connected problem. So, but in the meantime, it just died and then, but it like rebooted itself. And, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why I did that. I checked yeah. the power cords. And, um, and the pop you heard, it, it actually puts a big loud pop through its speakers when it goes off. So. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But could that have been Will remotely rebooting it to try and bring the back the gun? No, I expect there's some right. dodgy, dodgy power connection. They're, they're moving. They have bands on in here all the time. They're forever moving the, the machines around, right. wheeling them around the corners. So I don't know. I don't, okay. Maybe even Will plugged it back in properly after it happened. Right. Okay. So you got it all fixed? Is it up and running? Uh, it's one of those. Maybe it's fixed. I cleaned up the USB connector because it's just a USB cable in, in the end. Hmm. But the boards inside the, the guns um, basically start to die. So it may, it may be that. Maybe may a dirty connector, maybe the board's going. So, anyway. Right, okay. But I don't have anything to replace that with at the moment. Right, but it's working now. Hmm. Okay, well that's an improvement on what it was doing before, which yeah. was not working. Well, it actually, play, <laughs> it actually played up about a week ago. Um, and I flagged it to Roger that maybe it's on the way out, but um, yeah. not sure. But it could, it could just be a dodgy USB connection, but it, hmm. it could be a 
Dicey board. board. This, this is exciting stuff. To talk about. Well, I think so. And, and I'll, I'll throw in my caveat. I <laughs> Have you hear... ever listened to our podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> I didn't hear any of the earlier part of this podcast, so I have no idea what they've talked about so far. You we did talk about like two things we were already talking about. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, we problem. have talked about Will and his World Championship yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah we actually see. had, we were doing a prior recording <clears throat> and Will came up and we had a chat with Will about the World Championship mm-hmm. and he showed us, you know, in the trailer where he's standing there and yep. and then uh, shortly afterwards the card filled up and died and so we lost that recording. Ah, okay. So, oh, but, is that a, that a feature, is it? If, it, if the uh, card fills up, you lose the whole lot. Well, no. <laughs> well, the card filled up and so I just reformatted it as, as opposed to if I happen to have another SD card on my hand, which mm-hmm. I did not, um, we could have just done that but instead reformatted. So, yeah. it's a re-recording. Ah, yeah. okay. So unfortunately, we we missed that or lost that bit with Will. Right. But yeah, it's super cool that um, the world champion Big Buckner is a manager in Kelly's. Yeah, he's not the world champion anymore. No, world champion last year, and then he went over there this year and came thirty sixth, I think. Thirty third, uh, I think. Uh, something said. like yeah. that. Something in the thirties. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe he. I believe he um, misjudged his partying. I don't know any, anybody yeah. who does that sort of thing that. around yeah. competitions. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he was explaining that. Yeah, he took, partook too much in the drinking and maybe a bit of weed. Um, no. And I said to him, "Yeah, I've never done that before in a pinball competition." Well, he was probably he was probably <laughs> bathing in the glow of returning champion as well. Yeah, so probably that's true. you know people yeah. probably buying him drinks and whatever. Yeah, not just yeah. pinball, but you're notorious for um, what is it? The arcade? What's the arcade? Ar- uh, battle, uh, battle, oh, the arcade. battle of the arcade. Yeah, not second making day. it to the second day. Yeah, um, two years in a row. Yeah. Two I'm, years in a row being so hungover I'm, I couldn't play. I'm afraid to say I'm sort of sometimes involved in the night before, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're an innocent bystander. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's making the, he's yeah. making the decisions. Yeah, no, he's not one of the people who, you know, sort of um, coaxes me towards Kelly's and or the town hall. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound Well, I certainly don't coax you towards the town hall. <laughs> I might end up going to the town hall if everybody else is going. Kelly's is more the one I coax yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. No, but this year I made a concert. This year, last year, 2023, I made a concerted effort to not be hungover on the second day, and I succeeded. So I take that as a big job. Yeah, well done. I still did <laughs> shit, but you know, at least I was there for the second day this time. <laughs> yep. So is so now that Mark's here, we get Mark's thoughts on the closing of. 1989. Oh yeah, so we have talked about 1989 closing um, and just our general thoughts on, you know, the, the sadness that, that yeah. is 1989 closing. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I don't know, you probably didn't have too much involvement with 1989. Not so much, but I did go there from time to time. I got involved in the, well, early on I went to the, well, early on in its lifespan, I guess, um, I, I went to the to the video night a couple of times. Oh yeah, okay. Which I like the idea of the crappy VHS video yeah. night. Yeah. Um, from my personal perspective, I, it, they, they were sort of concentrating too much on the, on the, um, on the horror, and I'm not a real horror guy. Right. Um, okay. I, I would have loved a more broader spectrum of, um, of crappy movies, which yeah. I think they've kind of got into, but I yeah. sort of stopped, but fell out of going yeah. to it. Right. I think the last one was a wrestling movie or something, but yeah. not that that attracts me that much more. Anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I've 
doing a bit of the trivia for a while, yeah. particularly with the We went to a lot of trivia, didn't we? Um, with Ben Campbell as well. Um, not Ben Campbell. Ben Bernassi as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that a fair bit of that for, yeah. for a while. And then um, then later I went to a few with uh, Evan and, and yep. a couple of his mates. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then of course, during COVID, we were doing it, doing their on, online, their yeah, that was online oh, thing. Right. I completely yeah. forgot about on, that. On the yeah. Game System. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Uh, uh, Discord. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what sort of spurred Evan and, and it to maybe continue on with yeah. the, the, the actual attendance. Yeah. 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 That was fun. It's a shame that it can't keep going, but I mean, there's no incentive for 89. They want people to go to the bar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was fun though, being all in the Discord and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Offering answers and yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was and really various cool. partners who probably would never go to the venue to uh, yeah to be involved, uh, getting involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, it's a bit of a end of an era, but um, I'm hopeful whoever's picking it up, and I know they're not moving on with the name, so it's not going to be called 1989. Yeah, well, Ben's retained the name. Yeah, or he didn't sell it on anyway. Yeah, maybe to be called 1988. Arcade Park. Hopefully it won't be called fucking <laughs> Circus Electric or whatever. <laughs> if it's one of those places... Fortress. Fortress. <laughs> Skill Tester Bazaar. Yeah. <laughs> Coin Pusher yeah. something or other. <laughs> I'd go there. John doesn't mind Coin yeah. Pushers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully whatever goes in there will be cool. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming... Well, from what Ben has told me, there's there's someone coming in who's going to do an arcade bar-like thing. Yeah. But I just have no idea. I mean, maybe you well, could. Um, well, Pat shower, I think, wasn't it, was saying that uh, Ben reckoned that the, most of the contents were bought. But when I first heard that it was someone else was coming in and they're maybe doing something different and blah, 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 I thought maybe they they hadn't bought the... The, the machines that maybe they had their own machines to put in there right but, uh, but Pat, Pat from Central Coast <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, made the comment that uh, Ben said he'd sold the machines as well so I guess they're staying uh, like, so I guess it's going to be fairly similar yeah okay. uh, unless you're buying the machines and then selling them on to buy extra claw machines or, yeah, or whatever yeah. Or, uh, yeah redemption machines yeah, yeah. Would it, could it be the case that it's just, you know, not buying the brand for the sake of making the price less. Yeah, well, it, it, that'd be part of the goodwill, and I, I, I guess, you know, maybe maybe to make the deal. Yeah. Army um, says, well, lower your price, and Ben says, well, I'll, okay, well, I'll hang on to 1989. Like, but also, someone who's going into their own um, arcade bar might want a, a name that means something to them. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I mean, 1989 so. very much meant something to Ben. Because yeah. it was, uh, you know, the year of... Uh, teenage Teenage Hero Turtles. That's right. Yeah. Those crazy turtles. people from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so 89, you know, had a specific meaning to, to, to Ben. Obviously, yeah. being established, it has a meaning to everybody who goes there as, as being that bar. Yeah. But uh, but the person who's bought it might, want, might have a, a name that they've always wanted to have for their arcade bar, so yeah. why, why pay money to, to have the name? Yeah. yeah, and it's built up quite a uh, quite a large uh, sort of clientele. So there's going to be a lot of people that still go there. Yeah, well, regardless of the, the, the bar, is still yeah. going to be in the same location. So, yeah, I mean, people may well still call it 1989 um, down the track. Okay. 
yeah, about I mean, it. How important do you think that the name is? I, I feel like I feel like it's actually not that important. No, I wouldn't think so. But the, the, the importance to it is that everybody knows what you're talking about. So if you say if you, if you say what the new name is to someone who knows about 1989, you might not know what you're talking about. Yeah. I would have thought but it shouldn't be a big obstacle. No, I would have thought the big value in the name would be the socials. So the people who you know subscribe to the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, to be able to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, and I know you and this, I. This is the thing I'm not going to think of because I'm yeah, not subscribed I don't use to any Facebook of that stuff or anything so. like that. Yeah. But I think that that uh, sort of what's the right word? I don't know, it sort of focuses people into the events that are going on and stuff like that. So that's the value in the name. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think it has any value whatsoever. Yeah. I think that, I mean, another piece of evidence, anecdotally, in my mind, for that is when I speak to people in general and talk about arcade bars, people seem to know about 89, but they don't know what it's called. In their mind, it is... Yeah, that arcade bar in Newtown. Yeah, that one yeah, up the road. Right, you know, right, up, yeah, King Street. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, yeah, that's 1989. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've mentioned it by name to a bunch of people time to time. But, yeah, because I'm like courthouse or wherever fixing yeah. pinball machines and people come in and I'll, I'll make a mention and yeah. and often they'll, they'll recognise it just from the name. But yeah. if they're locals, I think that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sign. but sometimes they will be. Wait, I'll say 1999, and then I say that video game bar that's up, yeah. the, up the road there. Yeah. Um, and then they go, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit sad seeing Sydney's second arcade bar closed, so now we've got one. I mean, I know 89 was first, the arcade was second, but you know, we had <laughs> two, like, now we've got one. You have to be one. careful, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well. You have to be careful calling it the second. Yeah, I know. Well, well you know, you could debate that, really, because Roger's been in Sydney and in Newtown for a very long time. Yeah. He's been operating pinball and arcade for a very long time. Yeah. So despite him not, not having a dedicated venue, well, actually, he's had dedicated venues, but let's not get into details. Um, Roger's been around for a long time, so it'd be it'd be debatable. You could have an argument over, over who was first, but anyway, <laughs> we're going down to one now. Yeah. If you don't include Fortress, right. which I don't think no. you could include Fortress. Sort of thing, I don't think. No. no. Um, it's not an arcade bar. Yeah. No. They've got it's a bar. They've got a that's got bar. a time zone. Yeah. Um, and the bar's cool. Like, yeah. Well, they've got two bars. They've got two bars. And they're both really cool. Yeah. But they're not arcade bars. No. And one of those bars is almost dedicated to board games, which, you know, is kind of falls into your wheelhouse, yeah. Mark. Well, 1989 had a lot of board games there. Mm. But, and, and quite a number of quite good board games, which I would have liked to have played. Mm. But then every time I walked in, everybody's playing Connect Four or <laughs> Guess Who, or it's like, oh my god, you've got all this. And then, not, and then the last time I had a look at the board games, somehow they've managed to trash the board games anyway. Oh. Even though most of them haven't been haven't been played that much. I mean, I mean that's going to happen. The one that I particularly look at is um, is uh, Star Trek Panic, which he had a copy of there, right. which uh, which um, I own, so I know where to find a good copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's based on Castle Panic, which I played here with uh, Liam. It's, it's a really quite a, a nice level of, of game, it's, but it's above the sort of guess who and, and that sort of thing. 
Um, and uh, it's got this really nice sort of big enterprise about this big. See guys? <laughs> it's a quite large 3D enterprise. It's made out of cardboard slid together, you know, yeah, with yeah, a, you, know yeah, yeah. you know, right angle bits to make it a, a, a 3D model sort of thing. Yeah. But it's a nice big enterprise. And that's all squished and, and bits are missing. And, yeah, and it's right. just annoying. I mean, it's going to in a public bar. Well, I, I guess so. But, it, but it, I, it seems to me that, you know, as I say, the frustrating thing is I've never seen anybody playing out there. I've never seen people, anybody playing anything serious out of that stack of games there. And quite likely the person, people who squished it weren't people who just sort of like opened it up and fiddled about with it and went, oh, I can't understand this. Yeah. Put it all back together. So I doubt it was even during proper play. If it yeah. was people who did proper play, they probably wouldn't be squishing bits and losing bits. In that. Yeah. yeah. You know, people who appreciate the game don't tend to be the ones who uh, track no. it. No, no, that's right. Yeah, it's probably more sort of kids coming in, you know, rip open the boxes and go, oh, this is Yeah, cool, well, that's the other know. thing, because they do have, you know, kids kids' days and things like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, if you get in there and there's a big, big cardboard spaceship, I guess it gets scooted around the floor a bit and stepped on and whatever, and, and yeah. that's it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much at the point where it's not much, not really a game anymore. It's just a, <laughs> a, bo- a box full of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever pops up afterwards. Yeah, and hopefully it's um, hopefully it still values those things that we we're talking about and sort of arcades, maybe even some board games. Rest, rest on tap. Rest on tap. Has to have the rest on tap. A, a nice cheap happy hour for two hours. <laughs>
But yeah, that's kind of reached a point where we're probably putting that on pause for the mid to long term. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so people can check out those previous podcasts. But anyway, um, now that that's parked, we're probably going to start doing game system podcasts a little bit more often. But we'll see. Yeah, we've said come back to old faithful. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next podcast, which will be in the next couple of months. Let's hope. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye all. <laughs>